Hey there, you're listening to The Night Society, where we talk about monsters, myths, legends, and lore. I'm one of your hosts, Cole, and I'm joined by... Kelsey! And a couple of dogs. Wonderful. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about something that I was really, really excited about, which is mirrors. Okay, real real talk. I'm sorry. I'm going to jump in. Let's jump back to, what was it, Christmas Eve, where we were just casually oh, walking around the neighborhood, looking at lights, and we were like, oh my god, Christmas. And First of all, we acknowledge that we didn't do January. <clears throat> Second of all, continue. We didn't do December either. Oh, um, but we were walking around looking at lights, because lights are pretty, and we were talking about like topics that we wanted to cover. And somebody here is just like looking at this beautiful house and is just quiet and then goes, I want to talk about mirrors. You know? And I'm like, uh, okay. It's whatever. It's on. Well, okay. I just want to talk about mirrors because I feel like it covers so much of the stuff that we're intrigued by. Uh, it covers like historical, religious historical information, it covers the occult. It covers witchcraft. It it covers a ton of different things. So, like, I really wanted to talk about it because it's such a broad topic, more or less. But it's really, really interesting. So, you ready? You ready to jump in? I'm going to try to keep up. Okay. So, I want to start by going into history corner. (laughs) So, basically, mirrors have been in, in society since like 6,000 BCE. I mean, it's been obviously forever. And I mean, what we're talking about when we talk about mirrors in this circumstance could be reflections in water. It could be polished stone. Um, There's tons of different examples of this. I think one of the earliest examples is uh, 3,000 BCE. And uh, it was found in modern day Turkey and it was a uh, like polished stone that was basically like a scrying mirror used by um, a society there. So also like um, hyper polished like metals. Yeah. Even though it, it warps like your perspective because of like planishing metal and everything mm-hmm. and then sanding and well, all that jazz. What's um, cool is that kind of the, f- the first step of mirrors starts with polished stone. It starts with polished stone and it also has uh, like things like water reflections in it too. Then it goes to polished metal. So traditionally uh, you would find in places like Japan a bunch of polished copper and they would be offerings to sun gods. And the same was actually found in Egypt where they had polished copper and they were dedicated to Ra. Um, and that's a theme actually that comes up across history of mirrors being dedicated to sun gods. Uh, uh, Amaratsu? No. Amaterasu. There we go. Amaterasu. Amaterasu. Yes. The sun goddess of Japan. They were all. They're all dedicated to her, um, which I think is really interesting. Looking backwards, we'll jump into this a little bit more. But I think people associate mirrors with vanity and beauty, mm-hmm. and so to think of it as this homage to sun and to light is really like pure. I think. Well. 
But also think of those, like, the surface is reflective, so it can also, like, emit light. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I do love about Amaterasu is, like, paraphrasing her, her like, origin myth or her becoming the sun goddess is she was, like, living in a cave. And she was coaxed out by the use of a mirror. And she was just like, oh, shit, like, what's up? <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what she said. Totally. Um, but that... That kept her, you know, in the out of cave. Oh, okay. And but I don't know. I I think it's interesting, like thinking of Amaterasu in a way. Like, I guess I just don't see her as like vain, like I would with mm-hmm. some of like Greek gods and mm-hmm. goddesses. Yeah. So well, I mean, like that that conversation. Like, yes, it. I totally see it, but. Um, I I almost said she's wholesome, but I don't. I, that's not the case either. But I just, I don't know. It's just like an interesting dichotomy. It's a different context I guess, between. Yeah, yeah for sure. it's a different context <clears throat> from what we consider mirrors to be nowadays. And I mean, honestly, it could go a different way. And we'll go into this a little later when we talk about the role mirrors have in horror movies. But you know, the original mirrors were almost used as scrying mirrors. So you'd look into them and kind of let your mind wander and then you would see what re- what is revealed to you. Um, so it, it had this religious context. So honestly, it's kind of intriguing that mirrors are associated with vanity now because they were seen as these like really holy, reflective, soul-bearing items that were often reflected or <laughs> reflected. They're often in homage to deities, um, mm. or at least to the spiritual path. And I actually have a quote from, or that's in regards to Socrates about mirrors. Um, I found this actually just on the Wikipedia page. So, you know, that's a good Wikipedia reference page for killing mirrors? it. Uh, yeah, actually. I love that. Yeah. No <laughs> <laughs> um, but so it was in regards to things that Socrates said about mirrors around, uh, the preoccupation with them. He basically says the mirror is a tool by which to know thyself. It invites man to not mistake himself for God, to avoid pride by knowing his limits and to improve himself. So the mirror was not just a passive item of uh, imitation, but is actually an active mirror of transformation. So, I know that's like getting into the philosophy of it, but it's this idea that um, around that same time, it was the idea that the mirror reflected your soul, not your human body. So I think that was their way to try and turn a mirror away from vanity. You Mm -hmm. look into a mirror to see both your like man, man likeness, not as in like the opposite of godliness. Um, and humanity. to like, yeah, to see your humanity instead of to uh, be so verklempt by your humanity, I guess. Well, okay, so I feel like I keep getting ahead of myself. And, um, you know, mirrors were so in the time of Socrates, they were this like philosophical item. I mean, they were for beauty as well, but um, it, it seems as if they were used in this way to keep man grounded instead of to like make man all about themselves. So yeah. fast forward some time uh, in the, in the history of mirrors in 500 AD, that's when silver and mercury mirrors came out. 
Um, and they, st- they weren't very good, but of course they're like poisoning everybody. So they didn't stay very long. Um, in the 13 to 1400s, I think this is incredibly fascinating. Um, Venice, uh, actually became the location that mirrors, the most mirrors were created and they were created well. And it was actually such a big export from Venice that, that the guild of mirror makers had death packs or like death oaths. If you revealed the secret of how you made mirrors to anyone else, you would die. Like you would get murdered by your other guildsmen. Or um, they had like bans over where they could go. They couldn't like leave the city because their trade secrets could be revealed if they were kidnapped or something. Which is like pretty damn metal if I do say so myself. And I I wonder with like Venice in particular, I wonder if it has to do with like the type of glass that they make as well. Yes, 100%, because this was when they would line, they started lining glass, which is kind of the precursor to what mirrors are now. And like Venetian glass was, and probably still is so coveted because of how they make it. Um, when I lived in Ireland, there would, I would visit castles and mansions and do tours and they would always highlight, oh yes, these are Venetian chandeliers and mm-hmm. whatever. And they're like, no, it's not crystal, it's Venetian glass. Yeah. And they would and so we would always be like, okay, this place is hella old. How would you get this from point A to point B? And just the funny a fun aside, they would transfer chandeliers or any forms of like glass. Yeah. In vats of butter. Ew, but also cool. <laughs> so like because so when like it, the temperature would change, but it would be like supported. Yes, I was going to say insulated, but yeah, they would have that that protection. That is that like weirds me out, but it's one hundred percent because of the aspect of butter. Like, not a fan. <laughs> um, but I believe it was Venetian glass that fills Versailles. I think that is actually correct. I think so too. I can't find my notes that state that reinforce that, but I think that's. I would say Louis the Fourteenth really liked some Venetian glass. I would assume so. I believe that entire place is, but I think that's also once again interesting. The connection back to the sun, um, you know, he's the Sun King, and that room even still is like the the centerpiece of Versailles. I mean, there's so many centerpieces, but. That room is, I don't know if you know the one I'm talking about, but it's the, I mean, we went there together, but it's just <laughs> like yeah. you meaning the listener. Uh, he has a ballroom <laughs> that is completely filled with just like floor to ceiling uh, mirrors and it's beautiful. And that place is like radiant when the sun is out. But um, I just like can't help but see the connection between that and then using a mirror as like a sun worshiping tool oh shit i just realized so the first time i went to versailles they had a jeff koontz exhibit (sighs) that was a thing um (laughs) that's an energy but you know just with this conversation now like one of my favorite artists is offer eliason and i was so captivated by the fact that i was in Versailles with with his work so I was just like scurrying so that was the, the second time just to clarify the first yes. time was Jeff Koons second time was Olaf yes. okay so um but if you if you think of like Olaf's work it's a lot of um 
light. Like, yeah, and, and like sensory feelings. Like, we're going off the rails here, but like, it. I always like to talk about his one work where he covers a uh, museum wall with moss from his hometown because he, when you walk into that space, ooh, hit my mic. Um, when you walk into that space, you're overcome with the smell of that moss and that nature in like a very like sterile environment. Um, but I like to use that as an example because that's how a lot of his work is. Um, so thinking about like a lot of the work when we were at Versailles was dealing with light and reflection and how it portals? adds to space. Portals, maybe? A, a yeah. lot of portals, a lot of circular spaces. Um, so when you put that in the space of the sun king like i didn't even think of that i was just like huh here yeah, we go like, that's actually a really good point because yeah <clears> like <throat> he had a bunch of different uh pieces that were like circles and then in the circle was like mirrors set up so that you look through and there's like 700 circles that just go off into the distance and it would be like in this really you know beautiful ornate baroque is it baroque no it's rococo anyways wow we're pretentious but um it would be in the middle of all of this kind of stuff and it would just be this like really modern light piece so i think that is really interesting when it comes to when we talk about mirrors specifically and like how it really has this portal aspect and like the portal might be to the sun but it also might be other places which is a really great transition you decide. Um, <laughs> um, I, what I think is so fascinating about, about mirrors in general is that there is this element that actually, when I was looking through the history of it, had this kind of unspoken idea. Really, like everyone, <laughs> everyone referenced Alice, uh, Alice's Through the Looking Glass, like Alice in Wonderland, as a point where we where we really leaned into culturally the idea that there is a different world on the side of on the other side of mirrors um i think it's really fascinating because i don't think culturally that was really spelled out maybe until that but they i think mirrors have always had this religious context assuming that it's the mirror that shows you the truth it shows you your soul it shows you what is truly around you as opposed to what like you feel as a sensory experience. And I think a lot of that like feeling of, of a mirror being another world has to do with the fact that like your image is literally mirrored. And I just like keep thinking about like people discovering what a mirror or what a reflection is at the, at like, for the first time and being like, Oh fuck, there's another human there. But then realizing like maybe thinking it's you, but then realizing as you lift your right arm, their left arm goes up. Like mm -hmm. it has this mirror image thing. So it's, I guess it's just like, I think it's super cool to think about the fact that like, really it could be another person. It could be another portal. It could be like another world, but it's just mirroring back what you are. I also, like, that makes me think of, <clears throat> do you remember when selfies became really popular? Oh, like, always? But when selfies became really popular, people were talking about, like, like, yes, it's a selfie, it's a picture of myself, but is that the true self? Because of, like, you're controlling that environment and constructing that, mm -hmm. unlike just straight looking into a mirror or someone taking that photograph of you. Like, w the intentionality of those photographs, but also, like... Practically, is that you? 
if that mm. makes sense. I guess so. Or it's uh, maybe like, it's just because I was in art school when when it became a thing, so people <laughs> were talking about this. It was like but, hot on the mind. <clears throat> yeah, because like, especially like with the, with the selfie thing, like with the the technology readily available in your pocket, you can control you can control that narrative versus someone taking that photograph of mm-hmm. you. Um, but then it's it's yeah, photos are weird. <clears throat> I think that connects to the aspect of does a mirror or a mirror image reflect your soul or your person? So um, I thought this was really interesting that it was a thread through like the historical information about mirrors, that it was like something that reflected your soul's true essence. Um, And it made me think of vampires. Mm, Okay. Because like vampires can't look into mirrors because they don't show up. Right. Because they theoretically have no soul. I didn't even think about that while we were prepping for this. I know. Isn't it cool? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, okay, I guess we could talk about, we could talk about some other stories too about um, narcissists is a story of like a mirrored image and how... um, how vanity can play into it, I guess. So the whole idea is that narcissist was looking into his own reflection at a lake when arrows shot him with an arrow with a a love arrow. And, uh, so then he felt he basically wasted away while he was staring at himself in the mirror, which I feel like in that, for that story, the lesson has always been about vanity and don't be too vain. Don't be too into yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like, if you're taking it out of the context of vanity and you're taking like, you're constantly wanting to see your, your own soul, you're constantly wanting to like go through the portal. That's also still you wasting away. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Trying to glean whatever I can off of that. But, um, I feel like it was in Greek deities where it kind of switched to this vanity aspect because, you know, then mirrors were associated with Aphrodite, with love deities, with Eros, um, and it kind of switched to this like beautification thing instead of scrying, which, you know, like that's such an interesting thing. But 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 that's also like if you just say if you didn't have the technology or the, the space to be able to see yourself, like they didn't have cameras or mm-hmm. whatever, um, we don't have renaissance style classic painting portraiture of anyone from that time so that's the physical self-reflection may not have been a thing Mm -hmm. so as soon as we had shiny metals or whatever that was a more um what's the word i'm looking for um uh, institution there's quotes here institutionalized way of like looking at oneself Mm -hmm. because of also like philosophy because obviously water has always been around right um, the stillness of water, but like once you have like conversation and then the ability to look at oneself, that is probably where the va- vanity started to take form because of how evolution occurs, right? Yeah, and I, like just society growing. And I feel like the vanity aspect came probably came through at the same time where like the Venetian glass era. I mean, that was the Renaissance. That was basically when. Uh, money and power became this really big thing. So it was mirrors weren't something the lay person had. It was just the people in power. Um, and and that's also like 
Not to say that vanity wasn't a thing in ancient Greece or Egypt or anything, because they knew how to fucking adorn themselves. Um, like, adornment with jewelry and, like, goods and, like, essences and things. Mm-hmm. I don't think it took all the way to the Renaissance for that to, like, be at the no. the pinnacle of shit. No. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know. I think at this point... I want to tra- I want to transition to talking about like like religious practices and mirrors um, because mm. I think that's insanely fascinating and kind of is the reason why I wanted to talk about this. So I was looking into uh, reliquaries. I believe that's how you say that. Um, yeah. And like Catholic uh, mm. shrines and stuff. And it was interesting because they usually put mirrors into those as a way to force the viewer to look at themselves in the reflection of God. Which, yeah. like, interesting. Interesting use of power play there. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're electing to look and look at it. You want... Mm? Yeah. Like, look at this beautiful <clears throat> thing and look at how lowly you look next to it, is how I interpreted that. But I know that's a very yeah. cynical view. <laughs> well, if you think of it, though, like... Uh, reliquaries also like people would have pilgrimages to go to a basilica and you have all those um oh god the words are escaping me but you have the nave at the far end of the the basilica form which is like where the the priest performs uh mass but around the i only want to call them vestibules which is not the right word um but you have all those like little um little nooks which would have been where the reliquaries were where pilgrims would who have traveled however far would go into those little spaces to see those relics in the reliquaries um so like to to have someone look into a reliquary yeah yeah like you probably look haggard as fuck if you've traveled (laughs) like 75 miles by foot mm-hmm. over however many days or weeks or whatever. Yeah. Um, just to see, you know, this defunct hand from a man. I mean, that's pretty 200 cool. years ago, you yeah. know, but it's also interesting because like of the religions, that's the one that vanity is a big thing, you know? Mm. So it's mm-hmm. like, I don't think those mirrors were put there for vanity's sake, but I think it, you know, it calls to it calls to attention image, which I think is very yeah. interesting. I think it's very interesting. And did you know that the Pope gets his ring, his p- p- popal pa- God, I, I, I really purged a lot of Catholicism from my brain. I think it's um, fascinating. He, he gets that like when he in our track record of popes he gets that ha- ring um hammered to his finger so it can't be taken off oh i actually did know that which i think is a really i just think that's so weird and so like i actually really want to see that show on netflix the two popes i don't know anything about popes but i think i just think that level of ceremony is so fascinating um mm. and i you bet there's like millions of mirrors in the vatican i don't remember Ugh, I just imagine. I saw La Pieta and then passed out from... I don't know what that life. means. Um, it's, a, it's a sculpture. Okay, got it. Um, <clears throat> another another religious use of uh, mirrors, which I think is super cool, 
and it actually goes across multiple different cultures, is shamans usually, like, typically would wear mirrors. They would wear mirrors facing outward um, during rituals, especially ecstatic rituals, where they're either fasting or they're dancing to the point of ecstasy, so to speak. Um, The reason being, a couple reasons, but the first one is to protect themselves, because mirrors, it's only one way, right? So the mirror reflects back anything bad. And if you're a shaman, you need to make sure you you have your own energy and you have your faculties, so to speak. Um, Mm -hmm. Even if you don't have your quote unquote faculties because you're in like an ecstasy state, but like that protects you from any other energy. And also imagine how beautiful it would look if there's a shaman dancing in front of you covered in glass and mirrors next to a campfire. That's some, like, Lizzo wearing the disco ball. What was that on SNL? Uh, one of the late show things. I mean, absolutely fantastic. But that's exactly what it is, where it's, like, you would then be able to, as, like, a, a member of this group, be able to, like, watch the reflections of the fire. And, like, you would also be able to get, like, welcomed into that state of, like, trance etc yeah um, genuinely mesmerizing yeah. yeah i feel like that's so cool that's like such a cool thing <laughs> but um in witchcraft <clears throat> there is a ton of different ways to use mirrors um it's one of actually my favorite things to use as a practitioner myself um because you can use them as like you can do so many like millions of different things and in millions of different angles. So like you can do something as simple as like how you always see in rom-coms, like, uh, you know, a woman's fresh out of a breakup and she's like having a moment in her bathroom and she's crying and she looks up at her mirror and then she takes her lipstick and writes like, love yourself on the, on the mirror. Like that shit is witchcraft. Um, I saw a recommendation for a, a spell when I was researching this that was just like when you're in like a high, high energy feeling yourself state to go look in your mirror and then draw around your body, like in your quote unquote aura, um, like sigils and words and things that support you. Because if you follow that train of thought that your, your soul is being reflected back to you, like you want to put the, like you want the beautiful things to protect your soul, Mm. um, which will in turn protect you. One of like, I really like mirrors for defense. Um, and I think in the context of having your soul reflected back to you, um, I think it's really fascinating. What I like to do is I used, I like to use mirrors as, either a way to like make someone not pay attention to you. So if you have someone in your life who you don't want to have be there and like, you can just put a mirror like on your door or you can put a mirror in your cubicle with like their name or some kind of symbol on it that represents them and you can make it. So like, it's not that they go away, but they just don't see you like, And if you take that from the soul perspective, like it'll reflect back what their soul is, which might be a bad thing and they don't want to see it. Um, I also really like shattering mirrors. Did you by any chance look up like why it's seven years bad luck to shatter a mirror? No, but I I don't know why. Like why seven? I want to know why seven years. But I shatter mirrors all the time. Let me just say this like on purpose because like. 
I always like to do when I do protection spells with mirrors, I like to shatter the mirror because that also is like an element of violence, to be honest. And I'm just someone who practices like that. And that's my prerogative. And (laughs) like genuinely, like it's my prerogative. Um, But okay. But it's mostly like to it's to me, it seals in the intention of the mirror that I purposely break it. But like. If you're like wanting to protect your house, for example, and you want to protect it from people from like robbing it or coming in unnecessarily, you can write that on a mirror, shatter it. And then like, I think it's super cool to like make a wind chime out of it, out of the shatters, like obviously do it in a place that's safe, that if they fall or you run into it, you're not going to get cut. But, um, I, I just like feel like that's super cool. Did you find out? Mm. No, I, this is something that I knew though, um, that when you break a mirror to like, uh, free yourself of that, like the unlucky years, um, some people have like this countermeasure, which is the one I always heard. Well, some people say like touching a piece of the broken mirror to a tombstone. Oh, interesting. Which So that's not the one I knew. That seems like very like superstitious, like, uh, superficial, mm-hmm. like, like whose tombstone and why and then what are you giving them with that but i have heard of grinding the mirror shards into powder ooh so i have heard of that <clears throat> like why why would you do that i mean like let's think let's think through it why would you do that um i mean uh, let's let's think so Let's let's just gen, let's go hella generic folklore. So like in the U.S., you break a mirror, seven years bad luck. Uh huh. Um, so that comes from is it the superstition that the mirror doesn't just reflect you back, but holds a piece of your soul? So then you want to like completely get rid of it. I don't know. Huh. But but if you if you break it, does that mean is it because if you break it then you're broken? So if you dismantle Ooh. it, you free yourself? Hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's fascinating. I mean, it could also align with a lot of a lot of uh practices. Um a lot of different practices <laughs> say that uh if you see your reflection, it takes your soul. Which is why, like, some traditions, you don't, they don't want photos taken of them. Um, And so I wonder if it has, like, I don't know. I think that's, like, I don't know. We don't know the answer to that, but. Um, I did see that apparently. um, Oh, here we go. Nope, still doesn't tell us about seven years. But um, I thought I had it. But apparently. Like I know, I have heard, and I know people who believe that mirrors have the potential, at least not always, that they can um, keep a part of your soul. I do know people who kind of think that, um, but apparently, people in uh, the American South. So if we refer to it in that way, we kind of know that that's probably during or quite post the confederacy Mm. um they would cover mirrors in households when someone dies so their soul won't be trapped Ooh, i did know that i did read that and that you uh if you were mourning someone and you looked into a mirror you would also die that you'd be like taken yeah 
Interesting. That's so fascinating. I wonder, seeing that it says the American South makes me think of that time frame. So I wonder um, me being unfamiliar with a bunch of not Catholic practices Mm -hmm. um, makes me a little um, unenlightened. But I wonder, like, what practices from, like, West African traditions are involved in that for yeah. sure to to build that superstition or if it was just yeah. it, it could genuinely just be white guilt yeah like, let's be, let's be real well i'm just like <clears throat> fascinated by the fact so like when did you ever take like a anthropology course like a 101 sure did not so there's always this exercise that they always go through and they're like and it's basically to teach cultural relativism right and so the idea is that you're like okay i'm going to tell you about a society this society has shrines in their house, usually three, four, five shrines. Um, they pick at their skin. They prod and poke and cut and tuck and do all of it these me. things to their bodies. Yeah. And uh, they have these mirrors that they look in day in and day out and they exalt these mirrors. And, you know, they the whole practice is, is that you go on and on and on about all these things. And you say it's the Nakrima, which is American backwards. And so it teaches cultural relativism that you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't look upon other cultures because what we do is actually kind of insane. <laughs> um, and those shrines being... What is happening over there? The dogs are getting, getting wild. Okay. Um, and like the shrines are bathrooms and everyone in America has multiple bathrooms. So <clears throat> we're talking about mirrors and bathrooms. Can we talk about a little bit of the, the, the feng shui? Yes, please. Go for it. So we have a mirror in our bedroom and I, we have two. We have two. We do have two mirrors in our bedroom. I'm, Is that a problem? I, no, I hate it, though. Um, oh, I like it. Um, so I don't. I just I don't I don't want them in there just energetically because they're fucking portals oh Um, yeah I guess that's true you don't want to like look into them and see bad things yeah um but the why mirrors are kind of bad for a bedroom for feng shui um it's because they they catch every bit of light and like magnify sound so it's like like the they interfere with your like ability to get a good night's sleep or they magnify um imperfections i guess because like your bedroom is supposed to be like your your safe space Mm -hmm. so it could like mess up your vibe um i was always told that you should put a white candle i feel like i was always like feng shui wise like you should put a white candle in front of a mirror i don't know that might be witchcraft i might be like blending them together I'm not a feng shui expert, um, but I do know that it's, like, uh, very close to bagua and, like, wudan practices. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, mirrors, like, can disturb, like, the atmosphere of a room, going back to, like, catching light and magnifying sound and being a fucking portal in your room. <laughs> uh but what I liked when I was looking into this is like genuinely like mirrors reduce the feeling of sanctuary that you need in that space. Interesting. Because because of it catching light or being a fucking portal. 
<laughs> so Which for I'm context, just keep I guess for context, I guess <clears throat> we have one that's like parallel to our bed, and then we have one that is at the foot of our bed, and it's like it's a dresser with like a a really beautiful mirror on the top of it. So we have it. So like the mirrors tilted upwards because at one point you could see us laying down in the mirror and it just was like freaky as hell. Like, I don't know how to explain how, like why that was so unnerving, but it was. It's because the mirror is old. Oh, this is true. It is warped. Yeah. Um, there's also a thing with feng shui, which I don't know, so I'm not going to say, but it has to do with the quality of the mirror. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want it to be, like, old and worn and tattered because of how that portrays you. Like, yeah. not as far as wealth, but, like, So you health. want, yeah, you want to look the best possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I th- I don't like, mm, I don't like mirrors. <laughs> well, I, think, um, I think they're really fascinating. And, like, especially in the witchcraft world, like... You can do so much with scrying like you could. So there's so many different practices in terms of contacting that portal, so to speak. Like if you're wanting to look into the spirit world or your own subconscious, that's usually what scrying is made for. You can scry into a water bowl um, where you just like you have a dark bottomed uh, bowl and you put water in it and you just kind of stare in candlelight. Um, And the whole purpose being is you want it to be kind of distorted as you said because you want your your subconscious to go there another practice which i've actually done which is super freaking cool is called a psychomantium which is basically you put yourself in a completely black room you put one candle at the back of the room and then in line with that in front of it is a chair and then a mirror on the wall And the whole premise is that when you sit down in the chair, you will obscure the candlelight enough that basically like it, it distorts the mirror. And then you sit there and you can call up spirits, you can call up your subconscious, you can call up a bunch of different things and you can get messages from it. Um, Either you see it in the mirror or, um, or like your, your mind kind of tricks you into it which it was really fascinating. Initially, I thought it was really creepy sounding, and I was like, I want to be nowhere near that. Mm. But when I actually did it, it was really, like, warm and safe and ended up giving me a lot of, like, really good information, like, comforting information, which is, I think, what I needed at the moment. See, I like mirrors. Uh, Here, a good use of mirrors for Cole. Um, A mirror that reflects... Yeah, but, like, a mirror where um, I can see nature behind me so I don't have to turn around. Um, <laughs> Rear view mirrors in your car. Side view mirrors. Yes. <laughs> Safety first. Yeah. Um, I actually don't love mirrors. Says the, like, says the person who used them in their, was it just, you did it in your dissertation or was that just a project? That was that was just a thing. That was just a thing. <laughs> but but it was a project where I reflected nature. That's true. Boom. That's true. Um, Can we talk about horror movies now? Yeah. I just, so I'm just go ahead. We're just gonna. We should like just. This is a good segue. Nature good. Ghosts sometimes bad. Um, <clears throat> but I, I didn't choose any horror films specifically because a lot of them have very similar 
um, mechanics. Yeah. So, like, there, there's literally a movie Mirrors, which is, I guess, an American version of an older Korean film, which I can't remember what it's called, so my apologies. Um, I do not watch horror films. But the I guess it starts with, like, uh, a guy seeing his reflection, but then his reflection takes a piece of glass and slits the reflections, like, itself's throat, and then the guy's like, oh, shit, my neck's slit, and Dude, he dies. fuck that. So it's like... <laughs> So, so a lot of the things are like what you like, what you potentially see in in the mirror is your future or like what's happening or mm-hmm. I don't know. I think of like when I think of mirrors, I think of them as like portals, right? Yeah. There's like potential. That's why like the Bloody Mary thing was so scary as a kid. Yeah, like I, I didn't sleep on that shit. Like I was not doing that. I never did that. Like we did. I don't think I actually was at sleepovers with people who would do that kind of stuff. We just did, like, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Literally, real talk, I just said Bloody Mary, and I just felt banging from the other side of my desk, and I about pooped myself. (laughs) Did you, like, get... What is the story behind Bloody Mary? Because I actually don't know. So, when I grew up, you said it three times, but you... um, People I knew, they spun in a circle Mm -hmm. as they said it, with their eyes closed, and then you were supposed to finish by facing... The mirror? Yeah. And she was supposed to come out and grab you. Yeah. I just like, I'm not a, like whew, the, the idea of like the mirror. I used to remember like it was a really big fear growing up and I don't know where I picked it up from. Like the idea that like you look down brushing your teeth and then you look up and then there's someone standing behind you. Luckily my bathroom <laughs> is small enough that that would not be a thing. <laughs> yeah. But um, like it's just, it all comes back to the idea of like, the mirror is what shows you what what is actually there whether that's your soul or whether that's like spirits next to you um but it's also out of like it's your it's it removes like what your perception is and gives you like your vision of what's around you because like your your peripherals only go so far yeah um but like as a 30 something year old adult like being in a house that's like dark or like not lit totally fine like probably not gonna love it because i'm gonna stub my toe and i'm gonna be real sad about it Mm -hmm. but like (laughs) if if you are if you enter that space with me and then you're like cool here's a hallway of mirrors yeah in this unlit space like i'm not here for that like that that triggers something in me that that a hallway of mirrors in an unlit place is fucking terrifying. Yeah, because like, I think because I think of that that portal possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I and mine I don't is like the it. idea. <clears throat> mine is more the idea that it's going to show me things that I don't actually see. Like, I don't want to know if someone else is in my house. Like, just kill me. Like, I'm done. I don't need to see them. But it would reveal that to me, and I'm not down yeah. with that. Like, I would rather be ignorant. I guess. In that circumstance. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just think it's really fascinating. And I think um, I think it's really fascinating that they're so commonplace, like in America specifically. But there's such I feel like you can you can feel the reverence and the spirituality in older mirrors like with our with our um, dresser. Like that is a beautiful old mirror. I don't know the date of it, but it's it's an antique for sure. But 
Like you can feel that, but in, in modern day mirrors, you don't necessarily get the same energy. Yeah, especially when it's like from Ikea. Oh, 100%. But like, I mean, you could probably scry off an Ikea mirror. You could do it. I'm I'm not gonna. <laughs> but I don't know. I just think it's, <clears throat> this is kind of why, like, because this was so broad, that's why I wanted to talk about mirrors because it like, it spans history and it, it, it really started in this almost historic, like almost spiritual context, but mm-hmm. we've been so far removed from that. But I guess like, I mean, American God style, you can like argue that they're still spiritual, just that God is a different God. God is vanity. Yeah. You know? And like, kind of off of that, like, <laughs> I feel like so much, so much uh, architecture is very like, uh, I was going to say clean cut. That's not true. It's hodgepodge as fuck on the inside. But like, <laughs> you have a lot of like right angles. Here's a corner. It's slate, whatever, concrete, bullshit, you know, stainless steel. Um, But I always feel like when I see architecture or like whether it's the interior or whatever that has mosaics, I'm always just like, oh, like there's care and like a commitment being made here because of just the sheer amount of time and Mm -hmm. craftsmanship that has to go into it. Are you talking about Art Deco? Because like, yes, Art Deco, everything. That's a spiritual experience. Okay, we, we, we... that's another episode. Um, but like when I see mosaics that have like pieces of glass or a mirror in it, mm-hmm. that always like elevates it. Yeah. And, I, and I don't know if that's just like a subconscious thing of like, ooh, this one's really shiny. Yeah. Or if it's a subconscious thing of like, this is um, maybe not a special material, but a special experience. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe to your body being like, shaman, is that you? Because I don't, like, I mean, getting ready in the morning, like a mirror, like whatever, cool. My hair, I I have some like alfalfa hairs on the side of my head, so that's fun. Um, So I'm very grateful for mirrors when I get ready for work. But like, outside of that, you're like, fuck (laughs) them. No, I just like, I choose not to engage because of. Because of the spook spookies. Because of, yeah, man. Because of the spookies. I mean, I think that's super cool. But, like, in that case, if you were coming to me and I was talking to you about witchcraft stuff, I would just tell you to make yourself a, a rune or, like, a, a, a sigil and then just, like, draw it in the corner of all your mirrors. Claim those mirrors as yours, girl. And write no thank you. Yeah, just, like, no thank you. No thank you, sigil. <laughs> Well, on that note, <laughs> next next time, can we talk about, like, why why Art Deco is spooky? Maybe. Maybe. I feel like that could be fun. I don't know what we would talk about. It would just be us being like, oh, isn't it so pretty when there's, like, triangles and straight lines and gold? That made me think gold. maybe that's just an aside. Now I'm just spiraling. But I was just trying to think of if there was any, like, summons or anything from, like, Final Fantasy using mirrors. Uh, Shiva. Like, every... I mean, it was icicles, but... Uh, Same thing, yeah. She would always, like, the whole premise is that she would, like, completely cover someone in icicles and then shatter the icicles. It wasn't that they got frozen to death, is that she'd shatter them within it. And it usually had a mirror aspect to it. Mm. That's a great point. We always have to relate this back to video games. Unintentional, but I was just, like, when you said Art Deco, that made me think of um, Bioshock, and then it made me think of Final Fantasy, because, and, like... You're summoning deities from other spaces like Ifrit and mm-hmm. whatever. No, I mean, video games. Well, what's interesting is that like mirrors haven't been used in video games very 
uh, like up until, I mean, not until recently because we haven't had the technology to have like mirror stuff. I don't yeah, know. with ray tracing. I think Control will have some stuff like, or Control is the launching off point for some PT inspired ass shit to happen. Yeah. But that was our little, little chat on mirrors. I think, I think they're really interesting, even though it's like kind of a mundane topic, but. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling that this is going to be like Mirrors 1.0 and then we'll have more Mirror episodes. That Or I'll just we'll like make it a point to bring up Mirrors in every single one. But honestly, really, I could just like list off like great spells for Mirrors. So it's I'm, fine. And then I'm going to I'm going to just write no thank you on every single Do one. Do it. I think that I believe in that. So cool. Um, I think next month we're jumping back into some cryptozoology or some like uh, unknown paranormal activity so uh stay tuned i'll leave i'll leave you with that little tidbit thank you for listening to the night society you can reach us at okretro.zone for more information about all the podcasts that we do and keep an eye out for the next next episode released on the full moon i hope you have a very lovely full moon in leo um that was a wolf all about yourself and being your biggest beautiful brightest self so enjoy enjoy